0: think I would like to have everyone who is not a mother stand. And all of you who are, just remain seated. And we want to tell you we love you. Happy Mother's Day. And we would love, as your church family, to pray for you on this special day. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me, please? Lord, as we stand in honor of our mothers. We do it to the glory of God because you created them. You're the ones who you're the one who ordained that we should be born, and we are born through our moms. And we thank you that not only did that happen, but the way they care for us, the way they love us, the way that they pray for us lord it seems like over and over and over when you hear a testimony somebody says my mom witnessed to me my mom prayed for me my mom lived a consistent life in front of me my mom had a heart for god now i know not everybody can say that and we pray about that too But we thank you for those who can say that. And we thank you, Father, for the influence that mothers have in this world today and on their children and on future generations. And we thank you, Father, asking you to do a work of revival in all of us. But especially, Lord, may we be able in this culture to raise up the standard of motherhood to a biblical standard And may we have women that are ready and able and willing to follow you, to pay the price, and to be the kind of example for their children and for their grandchildren and for their great-grandchildren that they would want to be. And we pray you would bless them. Let them feel the fulfillment that comes from doing what you would have them do. And let them live in joy. And let them have the security of knowing that they are loved by God, loved by their children and grandchildren, and loved by all of us. And I'm reminded, Lord, to pray for people that this day brings pain to them. There are some here who would love to be a mother and that just hasn't happened. There are others who had a mom who fell short of, of what the standard ought to be, and we ask you to minister to them. And then there are those who today, they grieve because they miss their mom, and we pray for their comfort as well. And we want to remember, Lord, to pray for those among us who are sick, and we want to ask you to bless the remainder of this service. May your word bring peace and strength and correction to each one of us today. And we thank you for this, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give our moms a hand, let them know we love them, and then you may be seated. I appreciate all of you praying for me, and uh, very thankful for that. Went to uh, a team of specialists that do nothing but heart failure, And um, came away with the idea this is worse than I thought. And it's going to take longer than I thought. Six to nine months of wearing this stupid vest. But then the doctor said, and these are kind of chilling words. Yeah, but that vest can prevent a fatal cardiac event. Well, I don't like those words either. So I'll wear the vest, amen? And uh, keep it going. So uh, continue to pray. And feeling a little better and getting a little stronger. And we'll trust the Lord that uh, it'll continue on like that. My voice, I don't know what's going on with it. Got some allergies and things. Um, It works, but it's annoying, I realize that. But we'll uh, muddle through somehow. Let's uh, think about some verses this morning that uh, came to my mind as I thought about Mother's Day. (coughs) little bit different, but it says in Psalm 139, 13 and 14, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And there's something about us That our soul really does know, as a believer, just what God has done in creating us. Whenever we see the intricacy of the body, whenever we see its ability to heal and regenerate, whenever we think about the way medicine works and the way medical science works, it reminds us of these verses. But the Mother's Day application is simply this. You and I are created by God, fearfully and wonderfully made. And where did God do that? He said he knitted us. He crocheted us together in our mother's womb. Every one of us has something in common today, and that is we have a mom. All of us can say that. And when we think about how important mothers are, we think about everything that the Bible says, everything that we know, and then we look even at everyday life. If you see a camera go up and down the sidelines at a football game, what are those football players, big, strong, tough football players? What do they say? Hi, Mom. You ever seen a hi, Dad? Very rarely. There was a time about 30 years ago when Hallmark or some card company like that, they decided they wanted to go into the prison system and they wanted to provide Mother's Day cards for those inmates. They couldn't supply enough of them. And they thought, well, we'll do this on Father's Day as well. Hardly anybody wanted them. When you think about mom... And when you think about somebody that will stay with you, someone who believes in you, someone who has your back, someone who will pray for you, someone who will nurture you, you think, of course, about mom much more than you do about dad. And for those prisoners, most of them said, I either don't know my dad or I don't care to have anything to do with my dad. But all of them seemed to love mom. And this morning, as I thought about how our society now is working hard to tear down gender, for one thing, to tear down the distinction between the genders, and to take away from us. Fatherhood has been under attack for a long time, hasn't it? We used to think that probably nobody would do that to moms, but we're watching today even as motherhood is being attacked. Oh, you're just a mother? What do you really do that's important besides have babies? And I just want to say, ladies, you're the only one that can. You're the only one gifted by God to take a child, conceive a child, and during that gestational period, to take care of that child, protect that child, feed that child, nurture that child. That child knows your voice. That child The reason it's so attached to you even after birth is because it's been bonded to you in a way that no one else can experience. It's an amazing and wonderful, wonderful thing. And so be glad that God made you to be a woman. Be glad that God has given you that ability that uh, you can conceive a child and carry a child And be thankful for all of that. And if God has given you that opportunity, always thank God for that. Because that is a unique privilege. I thought of some words and some scriptures this morning. Just to uh, try to encourage you. And to try to lift up this idea of motherhood. And the first thing I thought of is, it's a calling. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. In the commandments, in the Decalogue. We are told, honor your father and your mother. Why? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Paul quotes that in the New Testament and says, it's the first commandment with a promise. And notice how it says father and mother, and it puts them in an equal standing. The book of Proverbs tells us and counsels us, don't forget your father or the law, Of your mother. It puts them both together. That was very unusual back in these days. Fatherhood would have been exalted, especially in pagan cultures. But yet, God sees fit to take father and mother and say this is such a high and honorable calling that God would ever give us the ability to have children and to have children that have children, and to go on like that, that we want to give proper honor both to the father and to the mother because of the calling that God has given them. The high calling, I would say, of motherhood. We're looking this morning at the glory of God in motherhood, and God has called you out to be honored and to be respected by your offspring. But then there's another word that comes up, and that's the word care. And I'm thinking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And when she and Joseph took Jesus to the temple in Luke chapter 2, verse 34 and 35, they ran into an old man, an old man named Simeon. And it says, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. But then in parentheses, it says something, and this is what I want to emphasize. It says, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. You know what Simeon was saying? And it's recorded in the Word of God for us because it's easy for us when Christmas time comes to think about the angel visiting Mary and go, wow, what a cool thing. What a wonderful thing. Blessed art thou among women, right? <coughs> Simeon reminds us Mary has, as Grandpa used to say, a hard row to hoe. She's got a tough life. This is not just about walking around with a halo and glowing robes and having everybody say, Hail Mary, Mother of God, or anything like that. This is a real young lady, probably still in her teens. She's having a child before she's married. How do you explain that? What do people think about that? What do people say about that? Nazareth wasn't a very big town. What do you suppose they're saying? Everybody knew Mary. Everybody knew her family. What do you suppose the whispers and the smirks were about when Mary was pregnant? This is a tough thing, a sword going through her soul. But it didn't stop there, did it? I think sometimes we have the idea that once Jesus was born, everything was copacetic. Well, it wasn't. Can you imagine what it was like even after Jesus was born, even after their time in Egypt, and even after they go back to Nazareth? Can you imagine what it was like when some woman would come up and say to Mary, huh, what's his name? Oh, his name is Jesus or Yeshua. Oh, huh, he doesn't look much like Joseph, does he? Can you imagine those little remarks and how every time she would hear that, a sword. I want you to think about when Jesus was growing up. Did you know he had brothers and sisters? Mary was not a perpetual virgin. The Bible says clearly that Joseph did not know her, meaning sexually, until after Jesus was born. And then they had other children. They carried Joseph's DNA. Jesus did not. Can you imagine what it was like with the other ones when they didn't believe in Jesus? The Bible says they didn't believe until after the resurrection. Can you imagine what that was really saying to Mary's soul, to her children? You don't believe not only Jesus, you don't believe me. You don't believe the stories that I've told about the angels. You don't believe the testimony of God about your older brother. You don't believe me. It's like a sword going through her soul. Can you imagine that time when Jesus came back to preach in the synagogue? Doesn't everybody dream of going back to their home church and preaching? There's the old rabbi. And there are the elders. There are the people of the village gathered there, and they're watching to see what this young, popular rabbi is going to say. And he asked for the scroll, and he is seated. They didn't stand behind a pulpit. They sat down to teach. And as he reads from Isaiah, and you remember he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled among you. What was their reaction His home church wanted to stone him. And a sword went through her soul. We find Mary later on at the cross. And the word cross comes to mind because this is another part of the sword. The Bible says that while Jesus is hanging there on the cross for your sin, for my sin, the Bible says that Jesus, in John 19, then Jesus saw his mother. There he is, folks, under the wrath of God, becoming sin for us, being separated from God. And yet he takes time out of that, and he saw his mother. Does that not kind of melt your heart just a little bit? Does that not warm your heart just a little bit. Does that not tell you the affection that Jesus Christ had for his own mother? It said he saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved. That would be John the writer. Standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her To his own home. There in the midst of his agony, there in the midst of suffering unspeakable pain, there as he is doing what the writer of Hebrews says tasting the death for us. What does he do? He sees his mother, and with the responsibility he feels as the oldest. Male child, the one dedicated unto the Lord, the one that opened the womb. He carries out his responsibility not only for you and not only for me and not only for the glory of God in a de- redemption and atonement, but he takes the time to fulfill his responsibility to make sure his mother is taken care of in her old age. All that makes me do is say hallelujah, what a Savior. It's amazing. The honor that he gave his mom even when he is dying on the cross. I notice as I think about Mary and I think about Eve, I think about the word contrast. Someone said, Because Eve did not submit to God in the garden. All the world fell into chaos. However, Mary did submit to God. And now we are saved through the seed that was planted in her. You see, back in the days when Eve and Adam sinned and the curse was put upon them, it was promised promised that the seed of woman would come and crush the serpent's head. Well, the seed of woman was not directly from Eve. The seed of woman came many, 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 many generations later through Mary. And that that was planted in her was from the Holy Spirit, remember? And it's because of that that Jesus was fully God and fully man... And capable of dying on the cross. Because had he not become a human, he couldn't have died. Because you can't crucify or kill God. Had he been merely a man like anyone else, it wouldn't have mattered. There were two others that were crucified on that same day. Being crucified on that day, being crucified on a cross, meant absolutely nothing if the sacrifice was not holy. And so as the God-man, Jesus died, and in his infiniteness as God. Is that a word? In that, he bore all of our sin and the punishment that we would pay for in an eternity in hell. He could do it, the infinite Son of God, in three hours. But he also was hanging there in agony and in pain with the blood pouring down off of his body with the blood being spilled for us because he had to die. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And as I think about poor Mary, I think about her being at the cross. And unlike the paintings, there was no mere little trickle of blood. Jesus was marred beyond recognition, swollen, bleeding bruised, battered, and there was no loincloth in those days, crucified, completely naked. Can you imagine when he saw his mother? The shame, the humiliation. Can you imagine her looking at her son? This is the one the angel prophesied. This is the one I felt kick and move inside of my womb. This is the one that when I saw Elizabeth, my cousin, the babe in her womb leapt because he was in the presence of God. This is the baby for whom the angels proclaimed, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill to men. This is he. And look at him. And look at him. And look at him. No wonder Jesus said, Basically, take her away and take care of her. She's seen enough. She's been through enough. And that act of submission from Mary is what brought us redemption. Whereas Eve said, I'll believe the serpent and I'll do what's best for me. Mary said, let the sword go through my soul. And to the angel she said, let it be unto me according to Your word. What a contrast. And moms, I just want to say, God's not through working through mothers who will be submissive to him. The mothers who don't go their own way. The mothers who don't think about everything and how it affects them. But the mothers that give their lives for their children and nurture their children and pass on, pass on, People who love God, know right from wrong, know how to function in society, all of those things are the gift that God has given you. And I want to emphasize the word common. In the book of Genesis 3, verse 20, the man, Adam, called his wife's name Eve. Did you know he named her? And did you know that he named her after the fall? And why did he name her Eve? Here it is. Because she was the mother of all living. In other words, Adam is the only human being, the only human that didn't have a mother. Eve is the only other one that didn't have a mother, right? Everybody else. Everybody else. Listen, including Jesus. You know, in the plan of God, there were some things that didn't happen. Jesus could have come riding in on a white horse and said, hey, it's me, I'm here to take over, but he didn't. He came as a baby. And in coming as a baby, he didn't come into a wealthy family that would have a nice, warm place for him. He came into a poor home. He could have come into 21st century America and had central heat and air, indoor plumbing, prenatal care, all of that kind of thing. But he didn't. He came to 1st century Israel, occupied by Rome, little more than slaves, to a family that was working class. And he was born at a time when they were commanded to go back to their city of origin to be taxed and registered for taxes. And so he's born in a stable of all things, laid in a feeding trough of all things. So there were some things that you had that Jesus didn't have, doctors, hospitals, conveniences, all of those things. And it's as if the father said, it's not important. That's not important. But it is important that he have a mother. It is important that somebody like you would be the one to carry Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in her womb for nine months. It was important that there would be someone who would say to her husband, Joseph, I'm starting to feel the pains. And she went through labor. Don't know how long her labor was. But it was labor nonetheless. And she felt every bit of it. No epidurals in those days. Think about it. And God the Father wanted his son to be born like you and I are born. There's something that we have in common with Jesus today. Every lost person, every mass murderer, every person that walks on the face of the earth has something in common with Jesus. And it's not righteousness, but it is this. We have a mother. And Christ came to identify with us so strongly so that he could be tempted in all points as we are. And yet, as God, he could do it without sin. This is the commonality that we have with our Savior. He, too, has a mother. I'm wondering what it was like when Mary died, and when her soul was taken from earth to heaven. And you and I talk about heaven, and we talk about streets of gold. I don't think that's going to really get our attention. We talk about gates of pearl. I don't know that that's going to have our attention. I tend to think that on the way from earth to heaven, Escorted by those angels, the one thing that's going to be on your mind is take me to Jesus. Take me to Jesus. I want to see nail scarred hands. I want to see nail scarred feet. I want to see and bow before my Lord. When Mary was on her way, she said, Perhaps, I want to see my son. I want to see my boy. I want to see my Savior, my Redeemer. I want to see Jesus. And can you imagine what it was like when that God-man who on the cross took care of his mother, when Jesus, seated on the throne, sees Mary enter into the gate of heaven? Can you imagine? And can you imagine her mother's heart when she looks and she sees her son, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, exalted and sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and she has the privilege of kneeling before him, saying, He is Lord. Can you say amen to that? Because that's what your future holds as well. And this morning in heaven, praying for us, advocating for us, is a human, not just a spirit, not just an angel, but a human being, fully God, fully man, the Lord Jesus Christ, advocating for us because we have this in common with him. I want you also to think about the curse. We've already sort of mentioned this, but let's emphasize it now. Genesis 3, 16, to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing, and in pain you shall bring forth children. Someone said one time to me, well, you know, if men had the babies, every family would only have one child. You know what I said? Wrong answer this family would have zero. (laughs) Why? Because if men had the babies and they talk about it like women talk about it, women sit at the dinner table and talk about their labor. Hey, I've experienced childbirth three times. I didn't want to go in there either any of the times. Sammy pretty well threatened me if I don't. So I went in there, yes ma'am. And there were just certain things the doctor would say, do you want to see this? No, sir. Not on your life. It's gross. It's disgusting. I don't want to see it. I remember when they handed me Taylor. He didn't look like they look on TV. I don't know what that was on him, but I didn't want it touching me, right? It's bad news. But I also remember my wife during that time was hurting and in agony, and I couldn't do anything for it. It was not a pretty sight. And I'm thinking that if men had the babies, and I heard other men talk about that, I would go, "Mm hmm, we'll adopt or we'll get a dog. Or a monkey, something like that. Whatever we need to do, not gonna do it. But my wife's been through it three times. Is she crazy? Some of you've been through it more than that. What is wrong with you? I've heard people say, well, once you hold that baby in your arms, you forget about all the money. I don't buy that for a minute, ladies. But I will give you this, there's something about holding that baby, feeding that baby, taking care of that baby, that makes you willing to do it again. I don't get it. Men, amen? Doesn't make any sense to us, does it? And yet they'll do that. You know what they're saying to us every time a mother has a child? I am willing to bear the consequences of the curse so that there can be new life. What's the glory of God in motherhood? Because Christ bore the consequences of the curse in order that he could bring us new life. So every time a baby is born, there's a sense to where the gospel Is being proclaimed. The wages of sin. Being faced. And dealt with. So that new life. Could come. And that's our message of hope this morning. That God has made this world. And he's made us. And he's designed us. So that through our lives. And even through reproduction. And through childbirth. The glory of God shows up because the gospel is God loved us so much that he sent his son to become a man and live a perfect life, to be butchered on a cross in shame and humiliation so that he could crush the serpent's head so that you and I could receive new life and we could be born again by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the word of God alone. And I invite you this morning to trust him as your Savior and Lord, to ask him to forgive your sin and to surrender to him as your Lord and as your Master. And I invite you today, every Christian, to think about what it means to live on earth and to think about the God who made you fearfully and wonderfully and to think about that place in your mother's womb where he knit you together and to think about the pain and the agony that your mother went through to bring you I mean she reminds you of it doesn't she after all I labored for you for 30 hours right that kind of stuff You remember that because it's true and it's significant. And it's part of the curse that she faced to bring you life. Just like Christ on the cross faced the curse in order to bring you new life. And all God's people said what? Amen. Amen. That's what we have through him. May we pray? Father, as we think about all of this, we think about how glorious you've made this world. No wonder you said it's good and ended up with, after humanity was created, saying it's very good. And the way you created Adam and the way you created Eve, I thank you for that. And I thank you for the testimony there is, even in our moms, of the glory and grace and the power of of God and we see Jesus in that even if they didn't want us to we still see it because you have revealed him thank you for that and thank you for the truth of your gospel and what it does for us in Jesus name we pray amen thank you so much for your time thank you for joining us by live stream and may the Lord bless you